1: February the 1st, in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two, and our goal always, to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution of the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great restoratives solutions we have at our fingertips today. you got to love it. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on, the face of the earth. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. A quick recap of yesterday's show is in order, available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, donate liberally, would you please, live and on-demand radio at your fingertips. And if you go to the lovingliberty.net site, you can download the iPhone and Android apps where you can not only listen to live and on-demand radio at your fingertips, but there's a lot of podcasts there uh, that are not available, really, on the radio station from LovingLiberty.net. So it's got the radio station 24-7 of radio talk shows turned into podcasts after the fact. Uh, but there's a lot of podcasts there that are not on the radio. For example, Tech Watch Radio is one of them. Uh, you've got a, Tom Woods is one of them. Uh, you've got all kinds of tremendous broadcasts available there. Why are they not on the radio station? Because they don't fit the proper format of radio. You know, each radio show needs to be an hour long or two hours long, or these podcasts vary in length, and they don't, you know, it's just new media, right? So we want to have both available for you. LovingLiberty.net, spread the word, share the love, would you please? All right, without further ado, yesterday's recap starts now. We had our buddy on Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org, Ron Paul Institute.org, doing a phenomenal job. And we talked about the 10 reasons to end VPM. What's VBM, you ask? Vote by mail, ladies and gentlemen. We got to return to paper ballots counted by your neighbors. Join us today, SecureVoteUtah.org. We're working hard to return to paper ballots. We talked about 10 reasons why vote by mail is bogus, why you got to jettison. That narrative, if you want honesty in your voting, transparency in your voting. SecureVoteUtah.org, if you're in Utah, if you're not in Utah, decide to start a secure vote whatever your state SecureVoteWhateverYourStateIs.org as well, would you please? We'll keep you up to date as the efforts in the Utah legislature and in the effort to put it on the ballot continues. We'll keep an eye on that ball just for you. How's that? We also talked about the Utah legislature because it's in session right now. 45 days. I call it the reign of terror. Literally, they put up about 500 plus government new laws every single year during that 45 days. It is brutal. And speaking of brutal, they have an HB 99. They call it a civil commitments amendments. It is disaster, folks. I'm telling you right now, it is perverted, and we need to vote it down ASAP. We also talked about this convicted child molester guy's name is James Tubbs. I guess he was uh, 17 years old, he pulled a little 10-year-old girl in the stall in the bathroom and sexually molested her, and it's been taking a long time to get to the bottom of it, but he's 26 years old now, he goes into prison as a male, he's ready to serve a serious sentence for his heinous crime, but lo and behold, he decides right after he gets checked in that he's a female. Yeah, that's right, so he's a female now, they claim, and he's never had uh, body mutilation surgery or anything like that, but... He says he's a female so james tubbs now goes by a different name but he i guess he'll serve a sentence now in a female female juvenile facility so now this guy literally gets put in with a bunch of female juvenile girls to serve out his sentence have we lost our collective minds ladies and gentlemen what are we doing We also talked about Justin Trudeau, what is he, the Prime Minister of Canada. This guy um, is ducking the Great Trucker Revolt massive rally takes place in Calgary and Ottawa in support of the Trucker Freedom Convoy, ladies and gentlemen. You want to learn more about that? rebelnews.com is where you go they've got like eight reporters on the ground they're doing the best to get out the word the mainstream press having a blackout on this story but i'm telling you you got a trucker convoy ladies and gentlemen fifty thousand truckers the trucker convoy is over 40 miles long all rejecting forced vaccinations here's what happened canada decided that any trucker coming into canada must show vaccine proof To drive into the country the united states whacked out policy as it is followed canadians what crazy lead and they said hey any truckers coming from canada into the united states must be vaccinated as well now the truckers are absolutely livid so trudeau ducking the controversy but the truckers say many of them we're not leaving until this gets fixed fixed you gotta stop this we're not doing this we're not getting vaccinated And uh, we will absolutely stop the distribution of goods in your country if you don't stop this. All right, great trucker revolt, massive rally, 40 plus mile long convoy. I mean, it is crazy. But you know what, I love to see people stand up. I back this truckers movement because it's a peaceful way to demonstrate your concern. Remember, we can peacefully assemble, ladies and gentlemen. We have the right to our freedom of speech, freedom of association. And the freedom to assemble let's just make sure that it remains peaceful That provocateurs don't run this peaceful assemblage off the rails as well we also talked about john hansen you probably don't know about this guy but he was the president of congress under the articles of confederation so in a sense he was the first president of the united states of america if you will a great man did a lot of good you don't hear much about the guy um but, you know, George Washington wasn't really the first president of the United States. It all kind of depends on how you determine when it all got started, right? But anyway, this John Hansen guy did a tremendous bunch of good, but you don't know much about him or the good that he did. We covered that in detail yesterday. In other words, the power of an individual to make a difference for good is incredible. And John Hansen, the first president of the United States, if you will, uh, is proof. Most people know nothing about him. Let each of us stand tall in our efforts to make a difference in this sacred cause of liberty, shall we? That was our one with Lowell Nelson. Hour two is equally, uh, what do you want to call it, riveting might be the word? Dr. Scott Bradley was with me. To preserve the nation is lifelong pursuit and collegiate series to match, all available at com. And we talked about this reality check, ladies and gentlemen. Oath keepers could not have done one of the major things of which they are accused of doing, ladies and gentlemen. What is that, you may ask? Forced their way into the U.S. Capitol Rotunda on January the 6th, 2021, through what they call the famous Columbus Doors. You say, why? Well, those two sets of historic doors, by the way, that lead into the Rotunda, were opened by someone on the inside, ladies and gentlemen, and not by any clients of this attorney or Earthkeepers, if you will. Uh, Defense attorney Jonathan Mosley is his name. And uh, he says the 20,000-pound Columbus doors that lead into the rotunda on the east side of the U.S. Capitol building are believe it or not secured by quote magnetic locks that can only be opened from the inside using a security code and that security code is controlled by the capitol police ladies and gentlemen so it's impossible and cannot be done as they allege that's big folks that's really big right to understand hey what we're being told just isn't true on that front. All right, we also talked about this BLM founder. Her name is Alicia Garza or Alicia Garza, and she is a whacked out person, folks. You have a few threats in America. Really, you have your rogue agents in government, to the FBI, the Justice Department. You got the Capitol Police. You got all kinds of inside government people. And why do I say they're criminals? Because they've gone rogue, folks. Okay. I mean, in the Ammon Bundy case, literally the judge in Nevada said they've gone so rogue I just have to cancel the whole trial. They withheld exculpatory evidence. They lied on the stand. They got caught by whistleblowers, and the whole thing was going to come unraveled. So the judge just simply – Judge Navarro, uh, I think her name is Gloria Navarro, just basically said, what? Get rid of the case. And she did because she didn't want more information to come out about how criminal uh, rogue agents in government really are. Am I calling your government criminal? No, I'm not. Ladies and gentlemen, the proper role of government is a wonderful, blessed thing instituted among men uh, as a blessing to protect our God-given inalienable rights. Okay, I'm not downing the proper role of government. I'm downing rogue agents that take the law into their own hands and get crazy, with drunk with power, out of control. Okay, And this is what happened uh, in the uh, Ammon Bundy case. The FBI and the Justice Department went nuts on parade, crazy. Same thing with this January 6th thing. They're lying about the people. They're lying about the evidence. And we need to get to the bottom of it and hold those rogue agents accountable. All right? If you don't believe me, another example is you got the FBI and the Justice Department in bed with your local school districts now saying that parents who are concerned about schools are domestic terrorists. I mean, this is crazy town and got to be stopped. We got to push back and say, uh-uh. Well, anyway, this BLM founder is the, quote, Uh, I don't know what you want to call it insurrectionist side, and the government seems to attack all conservatives but leave people like this alone. We'll talk about it more in seconds. I am Sam Bushman, and this is Liberty Roundtable Live.
2: The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now, with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every Method possible to force it on you. In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that?
0: Paid for by Evan Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com.
1: All right, back with you live, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman on your radio. We're in the recap of yesterday's broadcast, but just is riveting information today uh, as well. We're talking about two main threats to you, my fellow conservatives. They're after constitutionalists. They're after conservatives. They're after Republicans. They're after uh, Americans who believe in America, the great country, because it's founded under God Almighty. They're after the Christians, ladies and gentlemen, and the battle's on. And you got two people to worry about or two groups that are the big threat, rogue agents in government with tremendous power, literally violating all the checks and balances that our founders gave us, creating judge, jury, and executioner all under one head, the FBI, the Justice Department, et cetera, out of control, literally calling parents who go to their school boards concerned about what's happening in their schools with their children and calling them domestic terrorists. I mean, it is out of control, folks. Well, the other group you got to worry about is these anarchist crazy people. Now, let me be very clear. The anarchists that we interview on the radio, such as Becky Akers and uh, Michael Storm and many others, um, they're not the anarchists that you got to worry about. All they say is we don't want government. We believe we can do things by private contract. Uh, We don't believe in force. We got to live and let live. They're peaceful people and completely different uh, from the destructionists that we're talking about now. So you got to worry about rogue agents in government as one group. And the destruction folks, sometimes called anarchists, in the other group, they take names like Black Lives Matter, like Antifa. uh, And they're uh, organized under people like Barack Obama, the great organizer, right? Well, anyway, these splinter groups all work together under really no figurehead. It's hard to know who's who, who's in charge of what, but they manage to organize themselves in ways that's very difficult for government to deal with. Uh, But it's very easy for them to raise money. So let me give you some examples to make the point here. You got this BLM, Black Lives Matter co-founder. Her name is Alicia Garza. Okay, she is absolutely crazy. And she publicly states these are her goals. Are you ready? And I want you to contrast her goals with our goals for a minute on Liberty Roundtable Live. Our goals are to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property, and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers, supporting the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, rejecting revolution, and standing for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the planet under God Almighty, and we propose to do that through education, and then peaceful action, to uphold the rule of law, to insist on the checks and balances, and to turn to almighty God and repent, understanding that God, family, and country is the order of things for true, honest, moral, God-fearing patriots. And we refer to the moral high ground of we got to have morality in the people. Morality and religion are two great supports for those who are free. And to understand that knowledge allows us to maintain our liberties, right? You can't be saved faster than you have knowledge. And so we turn to Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, as our guide, as our leader. Well, anyway, this Alicia Garza lady has just the opposite view in mind. They hate Christians. Here's her goals in contrast. You ready? To dismantle the organizing principle of society. To erase history. To break down societal norms. To defund the police. Turn cities into war zones. Remember Chaz in Seattle? Turn cities into war zones and defund the police. Just imagine what that looks like. Disarm the populace and more. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget the violence of Black Lives Matters and Antifa over the last couple of years as well. Their fruits, by their fruits, shall you know them, right? In 2020, believe it or not, after the death of George Floyd, ladies and gentlemen, which, by the way, we all agree was a tragic death. Never mind that he was a drug-addicted hostile guy and everything else, the loss of his life was still sad, folks. But in 2020, after the death of George Floyd, they went crazy. There were 633 riots in the United States. Did you know that? 633 riots. These riots were the costliest civil unrest in U.S. history. Now think of the riots of the 60s and all this stuff that we always point to. They they pale in comparison. They say these 633 riots in the United States, the costliest in U.S. history, they say, with insured losses. So this is not a debate. This is not the total loss. This is just the insured losses to which they can tally, right? Over $2 billion, with a B dollars. All of this was part of Black Lives Matter plan to usher in a Marxist state, ladies and gentlemen. So, you got guys like me on the radio. You got peaceful people that go to the Capitol. You got parents concerned about their kids. The FBI is running around going, You guys are domestic terrorists. You're a threat. You created an insurrection on January the 6th, and we got to go after you. We got to be concerned. We got to create lists of who you are. But yet, you got Alicia, um, Alicia Garza or whatever, this Black Lives Matter founder who wants to defund the police, who wants to just engender violence, turn cities into war zones break down societal norms, erase history, dismantle the organizing principle of society. Then all this violence is committed with them in the middle of all of it. Ladies and gentlemen, the tune of two plus billion dollars. And all of this was part of Black Lives Matter's plan to usher in a, quote, Marxist state, ladies and gentlemen. Now it gets worse because here's what they did. The government and the media backed Black Lives Matter. And they literally... Raised money. Yeah, they shook down corporations literally and said, hey, if you don't donate to us, we're going to call you racists. If you – okay, this is the old uh, Jackson plan, right? Shake down corporations. Well, because of the pressure that Black Lives Matter put on corporations, BLM, that's Black Lives Matter, raised more than $90 million in 2020 alone. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. We run our efforts on literally pennies. I literally fund, with my own money, a significant portion of this radio show. People like Kathy Smith at LovingLiberty.net. People like Bob and Alan and Mike Adams over at Bridie on Network. Uh, and a few funders and supporters and donors, which we're so grateful for, fund all that we do, but we're telling, we're talking pennies. We don't even spend a million dollars a year, much less raise $90 million in a single year, ladies and gentlemen. And you look at that and you go, the contrast of what we're advocating for and the funding and support that backs what we do versus what they do is insane. And you look at this thing and you go, how on earth can this even happen in America? Because the media is so dishonest, because government is in bed with the media, they've got this trifecta of rogue agents in government, in bed with the media, in bed with these Black Lives Matter types, and they're all this trifecta of literally destructionists. They're destroying everything we hold dear, everything that is moral, right, good, honorable, they are attacking relentlessly. Dividing male and female, creating gender confusion, climate change discussions, COVID lockdowns and maskings, and they're doing everything they can to create a nameless society. You don't know your neighbors because by golly, don't get near them. The COVID will kill everybody. You don't know your neighbors really because they got a mask on and they just moved in and you've never really seen them. You don't, and it goes on and on. Destruction in neighborhoods. Uh, all five of your first amendment rights being attacked or first five guarantees in the first amendment being attacked. Oh, you can't go to church. You don't have your free speech. You don't have freedom of the press. You can't peacefully assemble. And you know what? You can't even get a redress of grievance at the courts anymore. This is their destructionary tactics, ladies and gentlemen. And we, the people have been sitting back and allowing this to happen because we want to be good citizens. We want to be kind. We want to be gentle. We want to lead the way. We think "Mm, uh, these guys are crazy, but they'll, They'll go away soon. No, they will not. And that's the part you need to understand. So as the recap of Liberty Roundtable Lives yesterday broadcast comes to a a resolution or conclusion, I want you to understand that's who you're dealing with. This is a culture war. I'm not talking a war of guns. We pray it never gets to that point. I'm talking about a war of ideas, right? A clashing war of ideas. Will we be a God-fearing people, or will we turn our back on God? Will we believe in gender specifics, male and female, created he them? Or will we just think gender is nothing but a a societal construction? How about race? Are we going to jettison racism and say, look, we're all God's children. Let's behave like it and treat each other kindly and with love and respect as brothers and sisters. Or are we going to go down the race? Everything needs to be viewed through a racial lens, the critical race theory, dishonest lies. What are we going to do culturally? Are we going to back religion and morality? Are we going to look at the Ten Commandments as a great guide for civil society? Or are we going to throw that in the water on the heap, trash heap of history? What are we going to do, ladies and gentlemen? At the great crossroads, we must decide I vote for God, family, and country. And this is Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with
4: Lance Pry.
5: Bipartisan critics are decrying foul to the IRS new plan to use facial recognition software to confirm Americans' identities. While it's not a requirement yet, by the summer, those visiting the IRS website to access personal records such as tax transcripts, child tax credits, and more may first need to send a recording of their face to a private contractor to verify their identity. A federal judge rejected a plea agreement Monday that would have averted a hate crimes trial for Travis and Greg McMichael that had agreed to plead guilty to the hate crimes charges. Travis McMichael would have received 30 years in federal prison to be served alongside the penalty of life in prison without parole for murdering Ahmad Aubrey.
6: I told them very, very adamantly that I wanted them to, to go to state prison and do their time that Judge Wonsley gave them on the 7th of
2: January.
5: Aubrey's mother, Wanda Cooper-Jones, objected as she says she wants the McMichaels to do their time in State Prison, USA Radio News.
2: Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
7: It's really fantastic. I'm you know, pretty active sports wise, and no muscle strains.
1: I get up in the morning, like no stiff back, nothing. I never get sick. I mean, literally, never get sick. And if I feel like there's a little something coming on, I'll take like a mega dose. Next day, it's gone. I mean, just my overall health is fantastic. And I, I plan on continue taking this because I'm convinced it absolutely contributes to your well-being, to your health. It's keeping you healthy. Let your body do what it's supposed to do.
2: Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800 246 that's 800 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA.
5: Let's get a border crisis update.
8: Texas is setting up a border committee in the state legislature's Senate that will monitor additional funding for border security. In the wake of more illegal immigrants and asylum seekers crossing into the U.S. from Mexico. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick explaining how much more funding this will cost Texas
7: taxpayers on Fox News. I want people that are really going to... Go to the border, understand these issues, go to Washington if need be, and take on the Biden administration. But we in Texas are fed up we m- with this policy and seeing our Texans
8: die. This comes after Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas recently visited the southern border last week where several border agents raised concerns about the amount of illegal immigrants being allowed to stay in the united states under the biden administration from the usa radio news phoenix bureau
5: i'm tim berg we are usa radio news
1: all right back with you live ladies and gentlemen sam bushman on your radio hard-hitting talk at your fingertips so man we had an award-winning broadcast yesterday that's for sure lovingliberty.net spread the word share the love would you please by the way this half hour is brought to you by raw honey delivered directly to your door to learn more get a hold of the local honey man localhoneyman.com he can ship product all over the united states incredible taste in raw honey and there's a bunch of different flavors all you got to do is get a hold of the honey man email him or contact him 801-669-2211 if you want to text or call Chat with him about local honey. I'm telling you, phenomenal stuff, localhoneyman.com. Check that out. All right, man, we've got so much to cover, so little time to get it done. Let's start with this one. This is shocking. There's a massive John Hopkins study that just came out. Ladies and gentlemen, where's your mainstream press when it comes to reporting on this one, huh? They say lockdowns, masks, closures did not reduce death and they strongly reject government measures as pandemic policy instrument. Art Moore, WND.com with the piece. This is a huge story. Where's the mainstream press when you need them, ladies and gentlemen? They need to be covering this big time. I'm telling you right now, what the heck's going on? But check this out. They say researchers at John Hopkins University conducted a, quote, systematic review and an analysis of thousands of different studies and their goal was to determine whether there is empirical evidence to support the belief that lockdowns reduce COVID-19 mortality answer they concluded that such policies are ill-founded and should be rejected let me say that again. John Hopkins University did a massive study to determine if all the lockdowns and all the things the government are doing are helping at all. And they come back and say, no, such policies are ill-founded and should be rejected. Why did we find this out two years later, ladies and gentlemen? We told you this was all bogus right from the start, did we not? And they mocked us as conspiracy wackos and, man, deniers and whatever, right? Now, they say while this analysis concludes – they call it a meta-analysis, just so you know. This meta-analysis concludes that lockdowns have had little to no public effects, but they have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. Okay, Because in these studies, they have places that didn't go crazy with lockdowns didn't go crazy with social distancing, didn't go psychotic with masks and mandates and all these controls. They have control groups that did not do this. The researchers wrote in their abstract on this, the following, in consequence, lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. The meta-analysis was titled, A literature review in meta-analysis of the effects of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality. So they're talking about literally, how does this affect death? (laughs) The answer is none of what they've done at all over the last two years has worked. We told you that from the start, ladies and gentlemen. We were right once again. Now John Hopkins reports on it with the WHO, the World Health Organization, and the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention and everything else, where's Fauci now? They say they began their research by analyzing or identifying, if you will, 18,590 studies that potentially could support the belief that lockdowns reduce COVID-19 mortality. After three different levels of screening, those 18,000 plus studies, 34 studies, yeah, I know, 18,000 plus down to 34 studies, only 34 studies qualified. And of those 34 quote eligible studies, 24 finally qualified to be included in their meta analysis. The researchers wrote, hey, we put these studies into three different groups. Lockdown stringency studies, shelter-in-place order studies, and specific non-pharmaceutical intervention studies. And they define lockdowns in their paper as the following. The imposition of at least one compulsory non-pharmaceutical intervention, meaning government policies restricting people's regular activities such as limiting movement closing schools and businesses banning international travel just to name a few they found that lockdowns in europe and in the united states of america reduced covid mortality by only 0.2% on the average, and shelter-in-place orders by only an average of 2.9%. There was no broad-based evidence whatsoever to show that non-pharmaceutical interventions had any noticeable effect on COVID mortality, ladies and gentlemen, none. This is John Hopkins. Where's your mainstream press? Where's Fauci? Where's Biden? They also, in the study, highlight this term they call blind to collateral harms. Blind to collateral harms. It's interesting that a blind man, your talk show host, is highlighting they're blind to collateral harms. Is it not kind of ironic a little bit, ladies and gentlemen? Just saying. We've been telling you this stuff from the very start. Might we see things they don't? Or do they know the truth and they're just doing this on purpose because they're so hate-filled? They hate your liberty and they hate you and they hate your Christianity to where they're going to do everything they can to shut it down. Is that where we are? I submit the answer is yes. You may not be ready to admit it yet, but that's where they are because they're evil. The conclusions by the John Hopkins researchers are consistent with other studies of hard data from around the world, writes. Art Moore with WND.com. Showing the lockdowns and other severe mitigation efforts did not stop the typical waxing and waning of a respiratory virus pandemic. Let me repeat that phrase again. The John Hopkins researchers' conclusions are consistent with hard data from around the world. And what's the conclusion? They show that the lockdowns and other severe medication efforts did not stop the typical waxing and waning of the respiratory virus pandemic. Not to mention the unintended consequences of that pandemic. But these consequences have been documented, ladies and gentlemen, not just by John Hopkins University, but now documented by the World Health Organization, who, if you will, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, if you will. Now, WorldNet Daily reported in December some of these negative effects that are going on because of the COVID lockdowns, because of these absolutely destructionary actions by government. The CDC, that's the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, warned that measles has now become a quote, growing global threat why you may ask because of disruptions to childhood vaccinations caused by lockdowns so now most people can't get their measles shots and so now measles becoming a pandemic again they say the who or the world health organization in its latest malaria report said in december that amid disruptions of health services during the COVID 19 pandemic malaria cases and deaths rose significantly in 2020 compared to the previous year so now you've got to create a death list of people that are dying because of the measles (sighs) or what else what about the unintended consequences so you've got people dying from measles now malaria cases now, Stanford Medical School Professor, guy's name is Dr. J. Maticheria. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. He has spotlighted and highlighted and researched the unintended consequences of COVID lockdowns. Now, I appreciate that they're calling them unintended consequences, ladies and gentlemen. And that's certainly polite. But I don't believe it to be the truth, my friends, at all. I don't. I don't believe it to be the truth. I don't believe they are unintended consequences. I think they know full well what they're doing, and they're evil, and they're doing this on purpose is my view. I've told you that from the start. Look, this bioweapon known as the cocoa virus and the bioresponse weapon known as the vaccines, they're both intended. Okay, these are not unintended consequences. They love death. From their abortions to little children right on through to killing the elderly through the cocoa virus, they want to reduce the population. They're crazy. But anyway, this Mediterranean doctor commented on this report in December, and I'll tell you what they had to say in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
6: The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 real buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com.
0: You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk. So I'm talking about this incredible news report from Art, our buddy Art over at, uh, what do they call this thing? (laughs) World Net Daily. Yeah, Art Moore doing a phenomenal job i'm telling you right now just doing a great job highlighting this reality so you got this standard wow stanford medical school professor by the name of Jay Maticheria, who has spotlighted the unintended consequences of the covid lockdown i submit they're not unintended though i appreciate his kindness but i have my own views on this you can say well sam you don't have any facts to back up your views and my response is neither do you people that say they're unintended All I know is you've been lied to over and over and over and over, and you couldn't do more in government if you tried, ladies and gentlemen, to make things worse. So that would be my reality about it's not unintended. What could they do to make it worse? They've already literally destroyed your careers, uh, literally uh, locked you down. I mean they're doing everything they can to make this worse. But anyway, this Mediterranean doctor commented on the report in December, and here's what he had to say. The lockdowners is what he calls them. The lockdowners who championed the policies that caused the sharp increase in malaria deaths in 2020 will do their very best to ignore this. Why? Because they are blind to collateral harm from the lockdowns especially, listen, if they befall the poor worldwide. In other words, this is affecting the poor more than anybody. Mattataria, along with other epidemiologists, Martin Colder from Harvard and uh, Sinetra Govta of Oxford Universities, is a co-author of the Great Barrington Declaration, arguing for protecting the vulnerable while allowing those with little risk to go about their business. In an interview in October on the Uncommon Knowledge podcast with Peter Robinson of the Hoover Institution at Stanford, he, that's Medeceria, said that the unintended consequences of the lockdowns are immense. They include the estimated 100 million people thrown into poverty. Think about that. An estimated 100 million people thrown into poverty. The missing treatments for cancer and other serious diseases. And the one in four young adults who have reported to the cdc that they have considered suicide during the pandemic the lockdowns ladies and gentlemen he continues favored the rich he calls them the laptop class he said believe it or not they had one-third the death rate of the poor because of covid because of malaria because of measles because of we can go on and on and on and on of all the treatments that did not happen because man The cocoa was so gnarly, so egregious, so pandemic that, man, you just can't even treat normal people for normal things anymore, and people just died, 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 and then they lied and called them COVID deaths in most cases and got big money on the back end for it, too, didn't they? And then they'll tell you, Sam, that's a conspiracy theory. There's no money on the back end. Lies. Stop already. The truth has already come out on this, okay? Now, Matt explains that it was almost a reverse-focused protection we exposed the vulnerable and we protected the well-to-do and the young wow what indictments huh editor's note on this story uh, writes Art not more doing a great job for wnd.com last year basically america's doctors nurses and paramedics were celebrated as frontline heroes battling a fearsome new pandemic but today under whacked out joe biden literally tens of thousands of these same heroes are denounced as rebels conspiracy theorists extremists and potential terrorists along with massive numbers of police officers Firemen, Border Patrol agents, Navy SEALs, pilots, air traffic controllers, and countless other truly essential Americans. They're all considered so dangerous as to merit termination. Just shatter their bread bowl. Just destroy their ability to bring in income to support their loved ones and themselves. Just merit termination because they're domestic terrorists, you see. Their professional and personal lives literally turned upside down. Their reputations destroyed, their careers ruined, all based on their personal decision not, I repeat, not to be injected with the experimental, I'm going to say it again, experimental vaccines. Biden's tyrannical mandate, ladies and gentlemen, threatens to cripple American society. From law enforcement to airlines to commercial supply chains, the hospitals. It's already happening, folks. Now, the good news, though, ladies and gentlemen, is that huge numbers of yesterday's heroes are now fighting back bravely and boldly. Yeah, the epic showdown is going on. The American Rebellion, We Will Not Comply is the latest whistleblower magazine that's the same people as World Net Daily reporting on this. This is good news, folks. People are fighting back bravely and boldly. We will not comply. There is a national defiance underway. In my mind, that's great news. Great news that people are pushing back. Great news that something different needs to happen. Right? This is serious, folks. This is serious indeed because people are deciding, hey, you know what? We haven't been told the truth on this. That's the problem. We have not been told the truth. But this is researchers from John Hopkins University telling us this. This is literally epidemiologists and experts and studies and backing all kind of things, Stanford people, Harvard people. Uh, I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. But here's the question. Here's the real question. Can we punch through, and will the American people hear about this incredible study by john hopkins remember john hopkins is the university ladies and gentlemen uh, that keeps track of all the cocoa deaths all the infection number statistics and all this stuff right they're the ones that keep track of all that for your government the cdc and the who and all the different states and you go study all the numbers that are relied upon john hopkins is at the core of it all and now john hopkins university has a huge study that says lockdowns masks and closures did not reduce reduce deaths it did not and they strongly reject government measures as pandemic policy institute or uh, as a pandemic policy um, what's the word they use uh, instrument public policy instrument okay this is are wndcom doing a great job reporting on the story breaking it down just for you now here's what the mainstream press is going to do though Write it down and remember who told you first. They're going to ignore it, number one. And if they're forced to admit it, what they're going to do is they're going to look through it and find a couple of weird things that don't quite add up to what we conservatives are saying. And then they're going to say that we're lying and we're peddling fake news and we're taking the study out of context and that we're da-da-da. And they'll go on and on and on and on, blah, blah, and that's what they'll do. And then they'll paint us as fake news. And if we quote the study, what they'll do is they'll uh, de-platform us on Facebook and Twitter and and uh, YouTube and everything else, right? And they'll attack us relentlessly. But this is a massive John Hopkins study that I don't believe can be misinterpreted if you're honest with yourself. But they will. They'll either ignore it or they'll pick out pieces to try to mock us and manipulate us. And Then it all depends on which media you, my fellow Americans, are paying attention to. If you pay attention to the mainstream press, you're going to get snookered on this sucker. If you pay attention to us, you're going to be armed with knowledge and information, right? And the question is, are we greater than they? Or are they greater than we? You know, And the battle's on for the hearts and minds of Americans about what the truth is versus what fake news is. See? And at the start of this whole thing, I told you, look, yesterday and today's broadcast is all about your government, rogue agents, in bed with the media, in bed with Black Lives Matters and anarchists like George Soros and everybody else. That is who we're fighting against. It's a culture war. It's an honesty discussion or battle will we tell the truth will they tell the truth will we lie will they lie who's giving you the real skinny is this massive john hopkins study about lockdowns mass closures did not reduce deaths at all and they recommend governments back off from their belligerent policies that have done nothing of value over the last couple of years except for all the collateral effects all the downstream effects of their belligerence deaths due to measles deaths due to malaria deaths due to the fact that people can't get treatments what about all those deaths combined with then the deaths from the vaccines the vaccine injury compensation fund the vars database chronicling those when you figure it all out hundreds of millions of people in poverty they on the back end of this thing they have created an absolute plethora of destruction Who's the greater destructionist, Black Lives Matter or those involved with them like George Soros, the destructionists, or your rogue agent in governments? Who has done the most damage? And I would have to say it's government in bed with the media. And the anarchists or the socialists or the whatever you want to call them, the communists, they're not far behind. But none of them have our interests in heart at heart. Right? That's the problem, folks. Anyway, great article. We're coming to an end of the first hour. The second hour will be on Bridey on TV, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, our efforts on Brighton on TV uh, will be next hour with myself and Sheriff Richard Mack. And we have a couple of incredible guests. Um, get to that here. And uh, I'm setting it all up right now to go to the second hour. Thanks for being alongside with me, ladies and gentlemen. Always educational radio at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable. God Save the Republic at LovingLiberty.net. And com. Back in a flash, I am Sam Bushman. God Save the Republic.
4: discreetly and securely right to your door you can also hold precious metals in your ira this allows you to protect your retirement savings with the ultimate safe haven assets of gold and silver your metals are held in the form of physical coins and bars in a private depository under your name and on your behalf simply visit brighteonmetals.com today gold and silver will be indispensable to your financial security shouldn't you at least look into it? Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals, in business since 1976. Visit BrideonMetals.com today.
6: J&M Jewelry provides online jewelry appraisals that are convenient, secure, and affordable. Appraisals are usually completed within 48 hours, and sent directly to your email. Contact us today or visit our website to use our appraisal request form. jandmjewelry.com
10: Welcome once again, folks, to the Sheriff Mac Show. Uh, we do have uh, an amazing guest here the first half hour and then another one the second half. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We appreciate your support and we appreciate that you are involved as Patriots of America in the restoration of our God-given civil rights, our God-given constitution. Folks, um, I think I met this uh, man back in 2013. He was then the sheriff of Milwaukee. Uh, He led the way nationally in how we Um, unify and organize with our citizens to defend our counties and our neighborhoods and ourselves. And this man really (laughs) had the courage to step up, to step out, to stand up and uh, protect our God-given rights, defend our God-given rights as Sheriff of Milwaukee. I am talking about Sheriff David A. Clark Jr. and Sheriff, thank you so much for what you've done and for being here today. Well, you and I have shared the stage uh, quite a few times, and uh, I've I've never grow to i I have never and never will grow tired of hearing your public speeches. They are phenomenal, uh, especially when you bring in uh, the responsibility of every peace officer and sheriff in this country to uphold and defend the constitution and to keep our oath. And, uh, I know you're headed towards that solution. I know that you've been part of that solution now for 10, 15 years. I don't know how soon you started that maybe you weren't on my map at the time. I will say this, uh, when we had you at our conference in 2013 and, and at that conference, we named you, CSPOA Sheriff of the Year, uh, I was totally impressed with uh, one, your humility, but also your knowledge of the Constitution. And I remember that you, you held up the pocket Constitution and said, I don't have this memorized, but I keep it with me and I keep one close no matter where I go. So if I have to refer to something, I do. I, I think that's a great example to every public official. We should all have that in our pocket. Isn't that correct?
11: Correct. And every citizen across the United States should have one as well. Excuse me. Uh, You know, you got to stand for something. You have to stand for something, and people have to know what you are. And And when it comes to uh, leadership and law enforcement, it's about the Constitution, for heaven's sakes. At least people know. They may disagree with some of my takes on things, some of my positions on things, but at least they know. That I stay more to the United States Constitution because that is first and foremost uh, what's important, especially in a law enforcement position.
10: Now, you retired from sheriff about, what, five years ago, six years ago?
11: I don't know. Uh, about four or five years ago, correct. Yeah. Gone fast. Okay.
10: And what have you done since then? What have you been doing?
11: A lot. We could probably spend the rest of the show talking about it, but I'll try to abbreviate it here. Uh, you know, I went out to help the Trump administration after he won in 2016, and I was a surrogate for the America First Super PAC, the family, Trump Family Super PAC. I was traveling the nation, oftentimes with the uh, vice president of the United States, and our job was to promote the president's policies and to pr- promote the, <clears throat> the president's America First agenda. So I spent two years. I told him I'd give him two years of my time out there. And I did. And after that, I returned back home, which was always the plan. And that home is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Since I've been back here, I started my own nonprofit, a 501C4. It's called Rise Up Wisconsin. People can go to RiseUpWisconsin.com. And what that is, Sheriff, is it's a grassroots political organizing uh, activity. And that's what the objective is, to organize the individual at the grassroots level, you know, in our politics today, unless you're a member of a group, you don't really have a voice. Well, there are a lot of people out here, especially in the state of Wisconsin, who don't belong to a group. And they don't want to belong to a group. They know that they don't. Uh, their rights don't come from membership in a group. Their rights come as an individual. And so I'm trying to organize and give voice to the individual at the grassroots level, it's nonpartisan, but it's trying to get the attention and keep the heat on the people who are supposed to be serving us instead of serving themselves, and that's our elected officials.
10: Wow! Well, Way to go! So, uh, we appreciate the work you're doing. I know you've been busy uh, because I, er, when I go places, people are, "Hey, uh, I'm going to a Sheriff Clark event next week," or, or uh, I just I just saw Sheriff Clark last week, and I said, "Well, when you see him, tell him I said hello." Um, let me let me ask you. So, you, you actually. The last couple of weeks of Trump's campaign, uh, you actually traveled with him in his bus. Isn't that correct?
11: Yeah. I mean, he was traveling in the bus, but I met him at campaign stops. We were traveling in a bus. It was a tour across America an America first okay. tour. And, uh, we were states, we were holding rallies. And of course the rallies were, they culminated in the, uh, appearance of the then <coughs> candidate for president of the United States, Donald Trump. And, uh, Boy, what an experience it was, because I got to meet Americans from all across this great country, all walks of life. You know what? I learned a lot about the American people. The American people are good people. This is a great country, even though it's being torn apart at the seams by uh, political adversaries. But the reason I say it is a great country is because of its people. It's the people that make this country great. Amen to
10: that. I, I had that opportunity uh... The, the last several years as well and last year we just did a review of my 2021 uh activities and and the cspoa uh I, on my own i actually attended and spoke and presented at 72 different events across america 72 and uh, man so I, I i keep wondering uh when is it that i get to retire sheriff
11: You don't. The reason you don't, which I've learned, (laughs) I've learned very, very early on is there's no finish line to this thing. There's no finish line to this fight for freedom and liberty in America. Every generation from the inception of the Constitution, every generation has had that defining moment where they had to stand up and be counted. They had to stand up, risk themselves, risk their fortune, risk their standing in their community to point out to people, here's where I stand on this issue. You go through history, right, the American Revolution. Someone had to step up and fight. You move into the Mm -hmm. Civil War to end that ugly institution of slavery. Somebody had to step up and fight. You look through two world wars, you look through the, uh, the Vietnam War, you look at the Korean War, all these wars, generations had to step up. A lot of people died for fighting for freedom so I just see it right now as, as my generation's opportunity to stand up and be counted and to fight and hang on with uh, you know everything that we can within our bodies to maintain this freedom and liberty to pass on to the next generation. Sheriff, you know this. If somebody doesn't fight, well, then this thing just goes away. So that's part of my new mission right now. I'm a foot soldier in this fight for freedom and liberty across the United States. That's job one. But job 1A is to defend the honor, the service, the commitment, the sacrifice, and the integrity of the American police officer.
10: Oh, yeah, man, no kidding. Well, You, I, you, you sound like you're as busy as I am. I, I need to ask you, I, I asked General Flynn this a few months ago when I had him on the show. And I, I would be very interested to, to know your take on this. And I know you could list 10, 15 real easily. What is the number one issue? What is the number one problem? What is the worst thing that is happening to or in America today? What
11: is the worst thing? We got away from the Constitution. We're supposed to be a constitutional republic. We're not that anymore. I don't know what we are, but we aren't that. And until we get back to the uh, aspects of the Constitution, and, and have a full understanding of it. We're gonna to continue to get mired in all of this this quicksand. We're gonna continue to get mired in all of this um, infighting within the United States. And you know, the infighting, I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said, this country comes to an end. It isn't gonna be from some outside adversary, it's gonna be from within. And that's what you see that's happening right. right now. When I, That's why I use the phrase, we coming apart uh, at the seams. And so, you know, you mentioned General Flynn served this country with honor and distinction i know general mm-hmm. flynn uh, met him several times had a conversation had lunch with him in arlington virginia and we got to throw some uh, ideas and share some thoughts we still stay in contact to this day uh through text messages he's a real friend he's a true american he's taught me a lot about leadership he's taught me a lot about sacrifice this man is, is just an example of someone who put everything out on the line and his life destroyed for heaven's sakes by political adversaries only because of his political position, it's not because of anything else. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad that politics has denigrated into that, um, you know, in the year and in, in, in the 21st century. But that's the way it is. I'm not going to sit back here and whine and lament and wish it were something else. It's not. But what you have to have if you're going to exist in this environment. And I think President Trump showed it better than anybody else. You have to have the will to fight for heaven's sakes. You have to fight for what you believe in. This man, President Trump, I say that with respect. This man sacrificed everything; he didn't need this. His life was going well. He had all the wealth that he ever needed. He was happy, but he wanted to serve his country. And when people want to serve their country, like our military, like our law enforcement officers, we shouldn't destroy them for it. Amen to
10: that. I, uh, my heart has been broken as I've watched uh, the hate, the hate groups that the. Southern Poverty Law Center says they watch and want to make sure that they don't get out of control. The hate groups of Antifa and BLM uh, have been going after police, uh, have been encouraging uh, to kill police, uh, and have done so themselves. Uh, I have absolutely uh, had my heart broken watching that happen. Um, And I know you have, too. We've talked about this i guess we should tell the people also we kind of passed over this what did you start doing as sheriff that got you so much attention uh and 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 shouldn't have gotten a lot of attention because all the sheriffs should do this this should be something that's quite common among sheriffs but what did you do as sheriff of milwaukee what did you do that brought you to national prominence
11: yeah, I wasn't in search of it, by the way. Milwaukee County was enough for me in terms of uh, a jurisdiction. But what I did was within Milwaukee County, I started talking about uh, people's right to defend themselves. We had some crime waves moving through. And like you said, that's a long time ago. And here we are, you know, what, 15, yeah. 20 years later, and we're still talking about law and order and crime that's out of control. But anyway, after a spate of some home invasion robberies, I took to the airwaves. I used my, my um, platform, if you will, as sheriff of Milwaukee County, and I put out some radio ads reminding people that uh, their personal security was their responsibility. They were the front lines on the in the uh, fight to defend themselves, and I gave them some uh, tips on, you know, how to do that. I said, consider taking a firearm safety course so you can defend your families. Until until we get there, you know, there's this saying in law enforcement, you've heard this sheriff throughout your career. You know, when when seconds matter, the police are minutes away. That's a long time when you have to wait five, 10, 15. And with escalating response times becomes even more paramount. Well, some uh, uh, gun rights groups latched onto it and it became this huge firestorm. I never predicted this. I couldn't have predicted. I couldn't <laughs> have scripted it. And it went national and uh people started to listen to me so i I actually built a platform and i started talking about sure the second amendment but i also started talking about the the constitution i was talking about the rule of law i was talking about self-defense i was talking about all these issues that people they already knew they had a right to but they became shy about expressing that sort of thing so i tried to give some them some courage and said stand up stand up for heaven's sakes stand on your rights!" Let people know you're not going to give these things away. You're not going to give this up and make it clear. And as that happens, the movement starts to galvanize. And that's what happened to me, it became this national movement. And that's how I, I got on the uh, the national platform.
10: And that's how we found you. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I, uh, I I have to ask you one other thing then with that. For that area, for a black sheriff to stand for America uh, and to stand for the principles of liberty as expressed in the Constitution, you had to have received a lot of kickback and pushback uh, from uh, Democrats, from uh, NAACP, from uh, from the black community in your area, from other public officials. Uh, and during that time, I even heard that you were called racist (laughs) how did that happen
11: that was one of the kinder things that i was called Sheriff. uh yeah the hate really came from all angles there's no doubt about that but i was prepared for it because you know i've studied people uh, who came before me who did a better job than i did in terms of leadership people like uh, new york city mayor rudy giuliani uh, former nypd commissioner bill bratton Uh, former Secretary of State uh, Colin Powell and others, and I read about their their leadership styles and I read a bit about some of the things that they went through, and I experienced some of the same things, so that's what I mean when I said I was prepared for it. The thing that that bothered me the most, and I want to make this clear, I'm very clear, when you mentioned the black community, I had the support of the black community here in Milwaukee County. I won four elections, Mm -hmm. and I won the black vote every time, and Milwaukee has a large contingent of black residents, so It's a myth, and I'm not saying you're perpetrating it, but it's a myth out there when these black hate groups say that uh, I don't like black people or black people don't support me. Nothing could be further from the truth. So, you know, it's one of the things that you have to put up with, unfortunately, uh, when you take on a position of leadership. You know, you can either shrink or you can step up and accept the responsibility, and that's what I did.
10: I'm glad you clarified that uh, because I do know there was one lady that was on the city council or county commissioner or something, and she really went after you. But you really got attacked by the chief of police in Milwaukee. Isn't that correct? Yeah, he was he no was friend kind of, of mine, pro, Ed he Flynn.
11: Was pro gun control.
10: He, Ed he was pro-gun
11: control, uh, right? Yeah, Ed Flynn, uh, he was no friend of mine. He's not there anymore. His career ended up ended going up in flames. Uh, but yeah, he Good. tried to carry the torch of the Democrat Party, the Democrat operatives in attacking me. Look, I've forgotten more about law enforcement than Ed Flynn ever knew. So, you know, that's what I rested on. The fact that I spent (laughs) 24 years with the agency that he was then leading. I said, Hey, I've been in the streets, Ed, you haven't been, I've been on the front lines, you haven't been, I'm not going to sit here and be lectured by you about policing in my hometown. East from out east, the city of Milwaukee. Well, well yeah, uh, that's.
10: Uh, yeah, Sam, go ahead. Break in anytime you want.
11: Thanks, Sam. It's a pleasure. Ha, ha, ha. understand that already it's the number one rule in politics is admit what people already know for heaven's sakes and there's this this you know dark little secret the black community supports the second amendment the problem is that they're afraid to speak up because they see what happens to me they see what happens to other um uh, black individuals who stand for something they see how they're and yeah. most people don't have the stomach for it so i get it so i'll be their voice yeah. But the fact is, what I always tell people when they want to argue gun control with me, I say, don't argue with me. Don't argue with the courts. Go argue with God because those rights came from him. Well, I think what people are doing is they're developing some courage to speak up about it, for heaven's sakes. You know, self-defense is the first law of nature. You know, the the, I'm sorry. Yes, it is the first law of nature to want to survive, for heaven's sakes. And the one way to do that is you have to defend yourself first. If you don't defend yourself, if you don't keep yourself safe, you can't keep your family safe. You can't keep your neighbors safe. So the law enforcement was only designed to be a redundancy in that sort of thing to organize it around more uh in more orderly fashion in terms of the courts and prosecution and juries and so on and so forth but no person has been asked to forego their right of self-defense just because we have police and just because we have courts uh so on and so forth so what i'm trying to do is just instill in people the courage to stand up and go no, no 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 those are my rights Leave them alone. I don't want a court telling me what to do. These are not group rights, by the way. These are individual rights. In other words, if you find some individual that goes and sprays up a a schoolyard and kills kids, we punish that person independently, and we make that person pay for it. We don't make every gun owner in the United States pay for that crime, but that's what we're doing now is we're making these group rights, they're individual rights, every
7: single one of them.
11: Very well said.
7: Well, it's good, it's good news that Americans are understanding and, and, and making a difference. We've only got a couple of minutes left with you. Uh, we'll have you back soon. A few soon. seconds. We uh, know you're traveling. Uh, quickly, though, Sheriff, what is the future for you, David Clark? Where do we see you next? What's going on? Yeah, the future
11: is now. a foot soldier for freedom and liberty all across America. And if people go to RiseUpWisconsin.com, they can get involved. They can help me in this fight for freedom. I don't need to be the tip of the spear anymore. I just want to be a foot soldier. And that's my role right now.
7: God bless you, Sheriff Clark, for Sam Bushman and Richard Mack at the CSPOA. We're all working together for our sacred color of liberty. That is God, family, and country. Right here on Brighty on TV. The Sheriff Mack Show continues in seconds.
12: Com. Register now to attend February 3rd an educational webinar on how to use satellite phone, how they work and why they are such an essential backup. Go to satphonewebinar.com and register for this great event co-hosted by our very own Mike Adams. The webinar is coming February 3rd. This is a free event. If you ever wanted to learn about satellite phones, now's the time. Why does anyone need a satellite phone? When I travel by car, I turn off my cell phone and only use a satellite phone. Have you ever wondered if Cell phone location tracking data is also being used to control the movement of people? Just walking around with a SAT phone records no location data. Frequently asked questions. Things that we'll cover in the webinar. How much radiation is produced by SAT phone? Will they still work through heavy rain or snow? How do I dial other SAT phones? Landlines and mobile phones? How can other people call me? How do I send and receive text messages? Do SAT phone minutes expire? How do the plans work? What's the best way to charge my SAT phone with solar? Will SAT phones work from? inside cars or buildings how reliable are sat phone networks all of this and more will be covered if you ever wondered if a sat phone is right for you join the seminar go to satphonewebinar.com and register for this free event february 3rd co-hosted by our very own mike adams satphonewebinar.com register today
4: treasure island coins and precious metals mike adams of naturalnews.com says 2020 has shown us that we must prepare for the unexpected Gold and silver will be indispensable to your fiscal security during the coming financial pandemic. Shipments of real gold and silver are delivered safely, discreetly, and securely right to your door. You can also hold precious metals in your IRA. This allows you to protect your retirement savings with the ultimate safe haven, assets of gold and silver. Your metals are held in the form of physical coins and bars in a private depository under your name and on your behalf. Simply visit brightonmetals.com today. Gold and silver will be indispensable to your financial security. Shouldn't you at least look into it? Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals, in business since 1976. Visit brightonmetals.com today.
7: Welcome back to the Sheriff Mac Show simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. Liberty Roundtable is a nationally syndicated talk show, six days a week, two hours a day. Most importantly, you got to know it's on on Radio. Uh, Mike Adams and the crew at the on Networks have not only put together an incredible TV network, as you see now, TV, but they have a radio network as well full of incredible talk show hosts. Bridey is where it can be found and we're delighted to partner with them and of course the sheriff mac show uh, the constitutional sheriff's and peace officers association is the organization that the good sheriff put together after he beat bill clinton at the supreme court and now he educates across the country 24 7 he does his work i don't see where he gets any sleep he travels he speaks he writes and he's also on your tv sheriff Thank you, Sam. And
10: again, folks, this show is brought to you by cspoa.org. And you can click on to our one of our other sponsors there, Global Healing. Man, they've got plant-based zinc, uh, vitamin C, vitamin D3, uh, quercetin, uh, oh, detoxidine. Folks, they have got so many different products. I even did their uh, foot pads, uh, detoxing out of your feet. So anyway, uh, love their products, love their support. They are totally on board. How do we give detoxicine this- to
7: government, Sheriff? Say that again? How do we give detoxetine to all government?
10: Oh, yeah, no kidding. We need to detox the corruption, uh, the ubiquitous corruption of Washington, D.C. Anyway, when you go to CSPOA.org, go click on health and order the best health products you can for your family right there. And speaking of health products, we have a health practitioner on our show the second half today, Dr. Ben Tapper. And man, oh man, has he been the rounds with local governments and he has been trying to tell the truth about, dun dun dun, COVID-19 coronavirus. Omicron and any other thing you can think of that he wants to tell the truth about, and he gets shut down at every turn. Dr. Ben But Tapper, not on the Sheriff Show. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to the Sheriff Ma- Oh, yeah, no kidding.
8: And welcome to the Sheriff Mac Show, my friend. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great to uh, hear from you guys, and uh, thanks so much for inviting me on. Can we call you Dr. Ben? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You, you can go call by me Dr. Ben hey, or Dr. Tapper. Yeah, either one's fine. So, Give us a 30 second on who you are, Dr. Tapper.
7: Tell us where you're from and give us a little kind of a background and then how you uh, decided to stand up for the COVID because most
8: aren't willing. Right. Well, you know, I come from a family of chiropractors. My dad practiced for 43 years and basically he passed the baton on to me at an early age. But my dad spoke out against the vaccine corruption since the 70s. And so at an early age, I learned a lot about the corruption of vaccines in the vaccine realm. I was never vaccinated. My brother and my sister were never vaccinated. You know, my kids were never vaccinated and we're healthy as can be. And, you know, we um, you know, so I saw the corruption been going on. We started Nebraska's freedom. um, uh, We started Nebraskans for medical freedom in 2017. Uh, We saw a lot of the bills coming our way, the draconian bills that were sweeping the nation, trying to take away your rights and freedoms to refuse a vaccination. And, you know, we saw these bills. So we started this group and we we kept a very close eye uh, with the legislation. We saw all this stuff coming our way in 2019. Um, and, you know, and basically nobody knew who I was prior to um, Corona Bologna, but it was, you know, I started speaking out in these city council meetings and those speeches went around the world and that's basically what put me on the map. And I've been labeled the so-called disinformation dozen, you know, even the president called me out, said I was, um uh, you know, responsible for 65% of the, the world's misinformation on vaccinations. Yeah. So, you well, know, so it's comical. Well, he, he's, uh, a, he's kind of honor.
10: responsible for some misinformation too. Uh, okay. Right. Got, okay. Well, so that I, I love that part and I got it. So I got to clarify this. You've never had a flu vaccination. You've never had a smallpox vaccination.
8: I've never had a single vaccine in my life.
10: Well, how do you keep from getting the
8: flu every year? What's the matter with you? (laughs) Right. And so that's the thing is, though, we have to look at, vaccinations the history because if we don't remember the history we're going to be doomed to repeat it and if you look back yeah. I have an article you can't really see it, kind of cut into the circle but there, I have an article that was written 100 years ago during the Spanish flu that talked about how the, the influenza vaccine 100 years ago is very much experimental and if you look at the flu vaccine package inserts I have a flu valve package insert and right in the disclaimer of the insert it says that there's been no controlled trials adequately demonstrating a decrease in influenza after vaccination so why on earth would you want to be experimented on and that's the same song and dance on hundred years ago and the parallels to the spanish flu to today's time with corona is so it's just it's uncanny it's very eerie uh the parallels they talk about in this article a hundred years ago how the masks do nothing to to, to stop the virus and of and, um they talk, yeah right they said does a hog fence keep out mosquitoes and you know we've yet to see the uh <laughs> on a microscope but yet we pretend like it exists out in the world and it's just, you know, we're blaming yeah. this disease on, you know, bad luck. Like it's just, you're just, just going to walk into this and, and, you know, we don't talk yeah. anything about lifestyle choices or the promotion of health. It's always, you know, we're blaming the germ or this bad the droplet on the spread of the cause of disease. And that's really like blaming the flies for the trash. You know, we're, we're not yeah. hearing um, you no know, things to promote health. And we have a, such a wonderful opportunity to teach the masses what it means to be healthy. You know, we need to eat well, we need to move well, we need to think well, we need to pray well, and we can be well. You know, your level of health is really the innate expression of how you eat, move, think, pray, and relate. And, and that's what it's all about. But we're not hearing that. Right. So, wow.
7: So, Doctor, why the why the propaganda to this level? In other words, what's the agenda here? They know. They
8: know oh, everything yeah. that you are saying is the truth. Right. And that's the thing. You know, <clears throat> And it's going back to that, you know, the, the agenda, it's very clear, Those that really truly care about people and want people well, you know, because we have a we have an epidemic right now, and it's chronic disease. I mean, 80% of Americans right now are suffering with a chronic disease associated with poor lifestyle choices. 60% of our children are suffering the chronic disease associated with poor lifestyle choices. You know, one in six children have a neurological developmental delay or disorder. You know, one in 11 has asthma. Now one in 36 has autism, you know, and and I mean, look at 50% of the population had cancer, 700,000 700, people died last year of heart disease, 600,000 people died of cancer, roughly 300,000 people died of obesity. Wait, 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 wait 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 wait. wait, 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 how many died of heart disease last year? It was just shy of 700,000. It was over 600,000 deaths of associated with. And that's about uh, the same uh, every heart- year, right? Yeah, same every year, but we're not hearing, there's no media outcry, there's no government uh, mandates to promote exercise or good food choices it's it's you know we're not hearing about that it's crickets and so that's why the agenda becomes very clear it's like well they it's like they talk out of their you know two sides of their mouth they 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 act like they care so deeply about these people that are dying from corona uh, but yet they, they could care less about the heart disease and other things like that, because there's no money in, in healthy lifestyle choices. And that's the only thing to prevent really uh, heart disease is making good food choices. I mean, Benjamin Franklin said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. In other words, it's so much easier to stay well than it is to get well and we need to value our health now before we get sick. But the agenda going back to that, you know, it's, I mean, it, you know, the the answer to that is really it's government control, and they're using Corona as a Trojan horse to change society as we know it. I mean, you look at the World Economic Forum, and Klaus Schwab, I mean, the guy is, he's a, I think, <laughs> and within a couple of years' time, everybody's going to know who he is. And I mean, I bought some interesting books, COVID 19, The Great Reset, and I bought, um, you know, behind the green mask and and uh, the, the the fourth industrial revolution, these are interesting reads, and and really they're not they're not hiding the the agenda behind here. We just have to have the wisdom and discernment to see through the baloney. And to realize that they are coming after our freedoms, and they're going to change society as we know it. And if you look at 2019, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, early in the year, they stated that they cannot force vaccinations, but they can force compliance. Well, how are they going to do that? And it's very interesting when the the Vaccine Summit of 2019, they also um, they take out in uh, they put in vaccines we trust, and they took out. Uh, um, they took, I'm sorry, they took out in God we trust and they put in, in vaccines we trust. And really, that's why I, I say that this is almost like a spiritual and psychological warfare on the minds of the people. And they're, 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 they're putting this vaccine on the pedestal like this is the only way out of this pandemic. And this is the only way to, to, to health. And that's just not true. We need to understand that, you know, these vaccines are a, a poor uh, way of, of, of obtaining health. I mean, I got uh, into a debate with a, a gentleman. He's a friend of mine, and I, you know, I love him to death. But the dude is almost 400 pounds. He's 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 morbidly obese, and he's trying to educate me on what it means to be healthy. And the only solution he has is getting the vaccine. And I say, well, what about you know, food choices and, and moving well? I'm like, you can barely get off the couch. And you know, I love you, but you're the last person I'm going to take advice from. But um, but that's that's the stage we're at right now. Okay, so what is it that people should do,
10: one, to prevent uh, coronavirus, just besides be, besides good food choices, if specific to the coronavirus or COVID-19 or Omicron or Delta or whatever else there is, um, what should people do to prevent it? And if they get it, what should they do
8: to remedy the the disease or virus or whatever you want to call it? Well, that's, that's a great question. First and foremost, uh, we need to value our health now and not panic. You know, one of my great mentors said that fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. And, you know, the media is really, there's blood on their hands because they're pushing mass hysteria and, you know, this almost mm-hmm. anxiety-ridden, fear-mongering propaganda with a death count constantly on the television of 2020 and part of 2021. It was nonstop. And just constant fear mongering, being pushed on the people. I mean, I got patients that were having the common cold and they were almost panicking that they're going to die. It's like, you know, when did you ever fear of the flu and the the cold? You know, and (laughs) and the thing is that, you know, these people aren't dying outside of the hospitals. They're dying with the protocols that are put into place in these hospitals. They're a top-down protocol from authoritative authoritative administrative doctors who are not doctors in the field or practicing physicians. They're doctors with an agenda. They're like, you know, Fauci, they're top-down protocols and they're not allowing these doctors to truly practice. They're just, they're tying their hands and they say that you follow these protocols. That's it. This is what we do. Well, I have a good friend right by now the that's way, sick. He
7: had, by the way, though, doctor,
8: I don't mean to interrupt, but these
7: protocols are 180 degrees from everything that every medical professional has been taught
8: as well. Right. Let's be clear about Amen. that. Amen. Exactly right exactly right. You know that? And it's like, uh, you know, I have a good friend right now that's in the hospital. He had, he had a, uh, a lung issue prior to him getting sick. Well, he got pneumonia. Okay. And so he went in there and what did they do? They put him on remdesivir and ventilator and they put him in an induced coma. And it's been like 22 days now. And he's been almost, uh, there's been no progress and he's a good friend of mine. And I just want to pull my hair out. I'm like, if there's no changes, why are you continue to continuing to use the same, therapeutics and modalities on him if there's no change. I mean, that's clinicals 101. If you're using something that's not working, then why are you doing it? That's the definition of insanity. And it's like these people are still using these protocols and they're not thinking logically and common sense is not so common. And that's the biggest crime in this is that these physicians are not allowed to be a physician. And I was taught that the the field of practice is what graduates a true physician. We need to stop listening to these administrative doctors because they're not, they don't care about the people. They don't care about health. Neither does big pharma and we're, and we're taking medical advice and they truly have blood on their hands right now. And it's, it's criminal.
10: Uh, So, so after they get it, what should people do?
8: Well, so I, first of all, don't panic. Um, you know, I think that there are measures you can do. You know, I, I know like a doctor, I talked to I talked to Doctor Peter McCullough and he or uh yeah, Peter McCullough and he said great things about his treatment protocols. I mean, they've been using hydroxychloroquine and I know people oh my gosh ivermectin, but you know those are drugs that have been around for a long time. They've have uh, they've been shown to be uh, helpful, but you know I I believe in prevention. That's where I come in, and that's where my area my right. scope of practice is. So I you know I you know we need to move well. We need to supplement get away from toxicity and deficiency into purity and sufficiency. So we do that by detoxifying, uh, you know, and we also do that by supplementation. So I, you know, I live in the Midwest, in Nebraska. We don't get much sunlight here. We're in the middle of the winter. Uh, Unless we get 30 minutes of summer sunlight, we will be deficient in vitamin D3. Uh, You know, and most people in the Corona. Deaths, or yes, they have comorbidities, but if you look at the elderly, the underlying denominator there is that they have a deficiency in vitamin D3. And so we need to really supplement with vitamin D3. I, I believe in that. We need to get good probiotics, get a fruit and vegetable soil-based probiotic. We need to wash the sugar. We need good sleep. Uh, you know, those are things that I, I recommend getting on zinc, magnesium, all those things. to de- decrease stress levels. Well, if you get sick, no, i don't love forbid, that. I'd now, say.
10: Now, add one thing. Add one thing for me on this. Um, is there really a coronavirus COVID-19 or has that been a lie too? I my personal opinion is I got the COVID-19 I know it exists because I had it I almost died uh, and uh, and I did not go to the hospital no way and I think I I saved my life by doing that but this is the thing some people say that it hasn't been really identified and that It's just another strain of the flu, uh, which they've already said anyway. Is the coronavirus real? I don't care where it came from or who created it, who fabricated it, who's uh, perpetuated this whole thing, uh, maybe perpetrated this whole thing is a better term. Uh, Who's done this? I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I already know about all the corruption in government. I can't stand government. It's, It's bought and paid for. It's a... George Soros government, okay, I don't care. Is the coronavirus real? I know they've misused it, I know they've used it to to fear monger, and
8: I know they've lied a lot about it. Is the coronavirus real? So we have to look at observation because when, when, when in doubt, look at through the lenses of observation, what can we observe? That's where I always go down to, you know, I don't want to say get into conspiracies and say what, you know, something that we can't see. I mean, they always say the science is settled. And, well, that's a bumper sticker slogan. Science is observational. It's never settled. So I look at the clinical lenses <laughs> of observation, And so I look at the testing. I look at all these different things. I'm going to tell you for certain uh, in the fall of um, twenty uh, 19 i saw some manipulation of data through the national vital reporting system for the cdc most people don't even know how to look at those numbers okay i and especially in 2020 started, most people started looking at the nbsrs numbers and said where did the flu go there's manipulation of data there's manipulation of deaths we know that they were um, right. classifying deaths that were not associated with the virus but they you know i had one Correct. patient that died of a motorcycle and they called it covid 19. so there's a lot of suspicion there there's a lot of um um you know question there what's happening there with the the, the manipulation of data uh the testing is not meant to be clinical uh, diagnostic uh you know we have false positives in that testing so that raises some important questions and, you know, I, I always go back to who had the first COVID-19 test laying around. If you come in with a fever, body aches, and respiratory issues, wouldn't you just call it the flu and send them home? But who had the COVID-19 test laying around? So just the naming of the disease is, is questionable. Who, who named it? Who coined the term COVID-19? I, lo- I like to look into that. I think it calls for an in- investigation into this whole thing. I, uh, you know, to say that COVID-19 doesn't exist, I mean, it's hard because people are getting sick. I don't question that, um, you know, but... I look at the whole thing, the full spectrum, uh, and I, I think that if if we are uh, getting, people are getting sick, no question, but I don't believe in naming the disease, because if we, you know, I was taught that the difference between a flu and cold is a fever. If you have the flu, you have a fever. If you have respiratory issues with no fever, it's just a cold. It's just a respiratory. Prior to 2020, cr- coronaviruses were just a respiratory common cold. But now... Naming symptomatology specific as COVID nineteen and Omicron, the Delta variant. I mean, it's never going to end. You're going to have more vaccines. I mean, they've been trying to push a COVID vaccine since the seventies, and their goal is to have two to two hundred to three hundred to vaccines on the schedule by twenty thirty. They're only going to do that, but if they can get a coronavirus strain on the on the vaccine schedule, and you're seeing that, you're going to have more boost One other vaccine. thing, real
10: quickly, real quick. I'm sorry uh real quickly what is it that you say to governmental bodies when you testify before them you've done that several times
8: what are the three main points that you make to them about this whole thing well first of all i tell them that there's manipulation of data with the numbers i said that the testing is faulty it's never meant to be diagnostic we are abandoning clinicals 101 the polymerase chain reaction the pcr test was never meant to be diagnostic they go in there, and people are like, well, I think they're, 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 uh, they're taking some of my DNA. Well, absolutely. How do you harvest DNA from animals? They do the same thing. They jam a Q-tip to the posterior canal of the sinuses. They grab DNA, then that activates the PCR test. They spin that thing, and basically it's just an expression of the DNA of that test, and they say, you know, it's not meant to be diagnostic. If a patient comes into your clinic, and it has zero symptomatology and they test you for covid-19 you test positive but you're like I feel fine but like so you need to go home and quarantine that's what's happening right now we have 85% false <laughs> positives with these tests yeah. That must be diagnostic i mean if you took your car to the mechanic and they said hey man your check engine your 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 motor shot but the car is running fine and they're using a similar diagnostic test with an 85 false positives you never take your car back to that mechanic again why are we trusting these this PCR test when it's not meant to be diagnostic? I don't care what Wikipedia or Google says. We need to think logically, use common sense here, and just look. We need to look at clinicals. If you come in with symptomatology, you've got a fever, I can test it, I can measure it, I can see it, I can put my hands on it. That should correlate and correspond to the test. If it does not, the test should be thrown out and the clinical setting it should never be used. But we're seeing this right now and we're abandoning clinical 101 because physicians are afraid to speak out. They're afraid to, to think logically and go against the narrative because for fear of their, the, of, uh, their license being taken away or, or whatever it may be. But right. that being said, that's the number one point I make to these, these things. And I also talk about how we should have freedom. If you want to get the vaccine, then go get it. But I should have the God-given right and freedoms to refuse the vaccine. Because if anything that has a, a a side effect or anything that can cause harm to the person, you should have a choice. We should have true informed consent, not coercion. Coercion is not consent. And you know, in yeah. we're we're being told right now that you are sick until proven healthy. And mark my words, soon we are not <laughs> going to be able to. Well, I said this in 2019 and 2020. We're not soon. We're not going to be able to have a driver's license. We're we'll be able to function in society without proof of the vaccine and that's what the ACI or the vaccine summit acip in 2019 said that they cannot force vaccinate but they can force compliance how are they going to do that
10: well, sam uh, do you, so doctor going there?
7: forward do you yeah doctor going forward do you believe that we the people that are truth tellers uh on brady on tv on you know you the frontline doctors uh more americans are getting the truth and waking up despite the mainstream press despite the belligerence of fauci and others and the dishonesty from the top down do you think we're going to really upend them and win
8: what what do you think is going to happen are we going to all be forced to take the vax oh we win my friend truth wins give me liberty or give me death i told my wife that i will die on this hill i will die on this hill before i receive any vaccine or my children and that's the thing You know, I love the quote that I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid to live on my knees in a world run by lesser men who control the destiny of my children. And that is my why. I will fight for them uh, to the death. And that's the thing. I will not, I, I believe these vaccines are evil. I believe this thing, they don't have a single nutrient in them. God made your body. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God wins in the end. Truth is on our side. And it doesn't take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority that's lighting the brush fires of freedom in the minds of the people. And that's where we're at. Ladies and gentlemen, I could have never said it better myself. Dr.
7: Ben, thank you so much, sir. Mac, take us out, sir. Wow, man, that was great. Dr. Tapper, thanks, Sam. Thanks to all of you
10: to be for being a part of the Sheriff Mac Show and Bright on
6: TV. My good friend.org, baby. baby. So, uh you two are real actors, huh?
2: Well, I was an extra on a soap opera for three years.
4: And I'm best known for starring in cat food commercials. Mm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> And you're going to play our parents for how long? Oh, just during dinner for the next few years, probably until you're both off to college. Your real parents will be back every night at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock?
4: Hey, your dad's busy. He's got work, softball, client yeah. functions. Yeah, and
2: your mom, she's got the literary club and play rehearsals. So...
4: Uh, don't you worry, they'll be back on time.
2: Otherwise, we get time, time and
4: a half. half. ka <laughs> <laughs> Okay, according to the script, we're supposed to ask you how your day was
6: yes um okay i guess
4: Go. is that the best you can
3: do
6: i think i want my real parents i don't see that in the script
4: no ad-libbing
6: please yes.
3: there's no substitute for a loving parent and when
6: you're really there you'll know how much you care from the church of jesus christ of latter-day
10: saints for more tips on strengthening your family visit family.mormon.org
0: Politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-gooders, to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Wow, that was crazy second hour, man. Two incredible guests. Uh, simulcasting with the Sheriff Mac show on Friday on TV. Also syndicated on Bridey on Radio and LovingLiberty.net. Man, just Liberty Roundtable Live and Sheriff Mac Show everywhere. Incredible TV interviews. Two fantastic guests. And I didn't participate for the first little bit of the interview because I upgraded my computer to Windows 11. Oh, boy, is that a difficult thing sometimes. And what it did is it messed up all my devices uh, to compound things. I uh, am on the road. And so the normal devices I usually have uh, aren't present. And so anyway, I had to reconfigure my system. Google blocks everything, and Windows 11 blocks everything. And I had to go to 46 different places uh, to get everything approved and unblocked and available and everything else. And they couldn't see me on video. And uh, then there's a switch on your computer, and it's hard to know which way the camera really is. (laughs) It just doesn't end. And so I went through all that, finally got it all together, ladies and gentlemen. Thank heavens uh, I'm a computer guy for a living. But we powered through that and got all that done. So the first hour of Liberty Roundtable Live, we talked about this massive John Hopkins study. Lockdowns, masks, closures. None of it reduced deaths, ladies and gentlemen. Of John Hopkins University, a huge study now saying government shouldn't be doing this stuff. It doesn't work. It's not valuable. Wow, incredible details. First hour. Second hour, we talked to David A. Clark Jr. about what he's doing. Uh, and about his efforts to stand in the gap for liberty, rejecting racism, uh, rejecting uh, Republican-Democrat divide, all standing together, shoulder to shoulder for the sacred cause of liberty. David A. Clark Jr. was one of the sheriffs of the year for the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. So we talked to him and highlighted that. What a fantastic first guest! And then the second guest, we return to the COVID dishonesty. The issue is honesty, ladies and gentlemen. And Brighty on TV, special guest, Dr. Ben Tapper, chiropractor, uh, was with us doing a phenomenal job from Nebraska, highlighting that he's never had a vaccine. His children never had vaccines. And this is the hill he's ready to die on, ladies and gentlemen. This is where he's making a stand saying, look, I don't care about my physician's license. Uh, I don't care about, I'm I'm telling you, I'm not taking the vaccines and I'm going to, be a truth teller and tell the tale of liberty all the way down the line I mean, he said it just incredibly and he articulates himself well he's well researched well reasoned uh he's a doctor and he says look what we're being told is absolutely bogus uh, regarding the vaccines and it's not right the vaccines are experimental they're not safe they're not proven effective at all and we've got to double down in defense of the truth here on this one. And that's the hill he says he's ready to die on. Uh, we pray he lives on that hill. In other words, we pray that we're successful. That, And I agree with him. The truth wins in the end. The question is how much of abuse will we have to take along the way? And I submit the answer to that question, ladies and gentlemen, is how much we the people stand together. If five of us stand up, we're going to get crushed. If five million of us stand up, I believe we can turn the tide. We can tell the tale of liberty. We can be truth tellers all the way through, and the truth shall make us free. So I agree with Dr. Tapper, and I agree with Sheriff Richard Mack that you know what? We can succeed, but it's going to take Americans to jettison the masks. It's going to take Americans to demand that we get uh, natural health and healing solutions. Those are the solutions, folks. Folks. Why do I bring them up? Because this is Indeed Solutions Radio. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. Good friends standing together for the sacred cause of liberty. That's what this broadcast is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for all that you do. Our websites, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, brideyon.tv, brightyonradio.com and a whole lot more. Spread the word, share the love, tell the tale, stand for freedom. God bless the United States of America.